This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Fly the W. Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Jean. You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. This is season one. It is episode number 39. And unfortunately, Crowley, the regular Cubs season of 2022 has come to an end. But it ended on a pretty good note, pretty solid final game on Wednesday against the Reds. We are going to not only walk you through the final three games in Cincinnati, but we are also going to start walking you through, taking you back through the 2022 season from the very start in spring training up until the All-Star break. And then that second half since the All-Star break, which has been pretty damn good for our Chicago Cubs. As always, of course, I'm joined by my buddy Crowley. Crowley, how the heck are you? I know you're probably feeling a little worse than I am. I told you before we started, I was really um, feeling it a little bit. I was already, as I was watching the Cubs and had the radio on in the kitchen, I was already starting to miss it. When they got to the seventh inning, I'm like, you know, six more outs. This sucks. Like I wanted, I wanted more, but here we are. We are without Cubs baseball in the regular season for 170-ish days until they're back on the field playing real baseball. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, you can follow me at Crawley's Cubs. You can, you can follow us at fly the W six seventy on Instagram and on Twitter and fly the W on Facebook. You can email us at fly the W at six seventy at gmail.com. You know, Dustin, I always go back to that old Roger Hornsby quote. People ask me what I do in winter when there's no baseball. I'll tell you what I do. I stare out the window and wait for spring. And that is absolutely like for me, leaving Wrigley on Sunday one last time, I literally dragged it out until the last final hour I could. And the sun was setting and, and they had that final W up there. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough, man. But, you know, good thing is, is we're going to be here, uh, you know, still podcasting, still uh, on our socials, just interacting. And for those of you that are all into Cub stuff, it's going to be uh, an off season, a lot different. You know, it's been brutal 2020, 2021, uh, even going into 2022. You, we obviously had COVID, uh, the pandemic, which was just messed everything up. And then um, this last off season, you know, pandemic still caused a lot of problems and you had the lockout, which basically meant like no baseball news all winter. And so, you know, this is the first time in a long time we, we, we broke it on the show. Cubs convention is back. Um, you know, we're going to have a normal yes. off season, hopefully. And so we're going to have tons to talk about. So as, as, 
as much as it hurts right now, uh, you know, the Cubs played a lot of good baseball at the end. And when you saw the way that they performed, you know, you saw a team that even though they were out of it, had no chance of making the postseason, they didn't quit. They never quit. They fought no for quit. you know no no quitting that team. No quitting that team and that is and and you take a look at Pittsburgh, you take a look at Cincy, didn't look so great. Yeah, their future I don't think those two teams specifically, not as bright as the Cubs future. Now, I think the Pirates might have a uh, superstar in the making, right? A superstar potentially in the making, but we'll uh, we'll wait and see exactly what uh, the the six foot seven is. He six seven Crowley, the shortstop they've got. O'Neill I mean, Cruz, yeah, a, he's a giant a man amongst boys, if you will. They <laughs> might have a they might have a super superstar on their hands. I don't see him playing shortstop for forever, um, but uh, I still like where the Cubs are at. All right, so before we start recapping the whole season, Crowley, let's focus back in on Cubs at Reds. Game one, our guy, I'll say our guy, but boy, I am really loving Hayden Wesneski and West Collin West Nasty. He was on the mound for the Cubs, making one more start in 2022. Yeah, he's facing off against the Reds' young uh, fireballer, Hunter Green, who can really dial it up. And, you know, you wonder if you're seeing some future matchup where these guys are going, you know, you know, like uh, Bob Gibson versus Fergie Jenkins type thing, if we're seeing that right here, you know, kind of something that would be developing. Um, you know, I was worried about this because when we were on the last episode, I talked about how Hunter Green seemed to have found it. You know what I mean? And sometimes it happens with these young guys. And he had been pitching really good as well uh, of late. Hayden has been pitching great. And uh, this was the kind of, you know, weird it – was, it was a good pitcher's duel if you watched the game. Um, unfortunately, in the bottom of the third uh, – Wesneski was going to walk Jose Barrios and, or I'm sorry, Jose Barrero, who's then going to steal second. TJ Friedel is going to hit a very soft chopper. Wesneski picks it up. He throws it back past Kiros, and that allows Barrios to score. So the Cubs are down one nothing. Jonathan India was hit by a pitch. Friedel gets to second. They go to double steal. Friedel's caught stealing third. And uh, something, I, I never followed up on the injury. It was a hamstring or knee. I wasn't sure. But he was called out. India was safe at second. He was out of the game. But then Kyle Farmer doubles on a pop bloop over the head of Alfonso Rivas. That should have been Suzuki's ball. And uh, India scores, and the, and the Reds lead two to nothing. And there was a lot of problems that game. But, uh, communication between infielders and outfielders. There's a lot of balls that the outfielders should have called off, and they didn't. And, you know, uh, it was just bad because, unfortunately, uh, Wesniski pitched really well. He just got babbitt to death. You know, the, the balls that they were hitting were these choppers, these ones that blooped right in between infielders, outfielders. It wasn't like they were, you know, teeing them off. It wasn't like you were seeing hard hit balls. They were, they were just going exactly in the right spot where nobody was. The air didn't help them that much. And so, you know, that those two runs, you know, neither of the balls barely made it out of the outf- infield. You know what I mean? Yep, absolutely. The communication was not good. Something that, of course, lots of teams are dealing with, and maybe that's kind of the dog days of the of the last series. But uh, it's unfortunate when you got Hayden out in the mound that a ball like that slips through. Yeah, and then the bottom of the eighth, Stuart Fairchild doubles. There's a wild pitch by Manny Rodriguez that moves Fairchild to third. Jonathan India hits a ground rule double to left. Fairchild scores, and the Cubs trail three nothing. Top of the ninth, bizarre game, a bizarre inning. Alexis Diaz is in to close it out. Zach McKinstry walks. Esteban Quiros walks. So you got back-to-back walks. Things looking good. 
Um, Sale lines out to right, so McKinstry goes to third. You got runners at the corner, and then Hep hits a ground ball to second baseman Spencer Steer, who throws it to shortstop Jose Barrero. They're going for the four-six-three double play, but Barrero, this is remember they don't do the neighborhood play anymore. He's not on the bag, and so he uh, Barrero throws it back to first. Hep is out at first, but Kiros thinks he's out. He slid way early. Yeah. And, and the ump called him safe. He didn't realize it. He's walking away from the bag, and they throw it back and tag him out. So the Cubs score a run on the play. Uh, McKinstry scores from third, and he scored before the third out. So that was it. The, you know, the Cubs get a run, but that's the final. Uh, they lose three to one. Their seventh game, their seven game winning streak ends on that. But I think Dustin personally, you know, it was a letdown that that game, that weekend at, that six game set actually, you know, at Wrigley was just so rocking and the fans were so into it. And there was probably like 20 people at the Great American Ballpark. There's absolutely oh no anything. Right. I think it you could have. <laughs> right. I think you could have went and shook every hand of every person that was there. Mm hmm. Dull crowd, and, and, right. and I just and I think that they just the Cubs were just. I know it's not an excuse, and and we just talked about it, no quit or no something, but I think that there was a bit of an emotional letdown. The final was three to one. Wesniski six point one innings pitch, four hits, two runs, only one of them earned, one walk, six Ks, but he ends up wrapping up his first major league month with a three and two record and a two eighteen ERA, eight earned runs, thirty three innings pitch to go along with seven walks, thirty three strikeouts and a 198 average against. And what I was talking about with Wesniski, he allowed 77.3 mile per hour average exit velocity through five innings pitch. So, in those, I mean, 77 miles per hour, you know, when you're talking about home runs, you're talking about like 100 miles per hour, 110 miles per hour. 77, they weren't hitting the ball hard, just where they weren't. And the offense only had the one run on two hits, three left on base, 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. Hunter Green looked really good. Six innings pitch, zero runs, one walk, eight Ks. Their offense wasn't much better. Three runs on six hits, six left on base. Three for seven, though, with runners in scoring position. Donovan Solano had a good game going two for three, but Wesneski really is a bright spot for the Cubs in the future. Yeah, so before we get into game two, a couple things. So that exit velocity, uh, this is something – um, you know, you hear a lot when we have guys like Tommy Hadovy on talking about pitching to soft contact, right? That's something they're really stressing nowadays. So I'm guessing that like 77.3 miles per hour is really soft contact. So I think that's something that they're got to be loving right now. I know we're going to do more of this as we go through, but just, I think I'm taking this, if I'm listening to this podcast right now, I would like to, I would like to know Crowley where you think a Hayden Wesneski fits in in the 2023. I know we don't know what's going to happen in free agency. I know we don't know if Kyle Hendricks is going to be right. Top you five know, starter, top three starter. Is he is he going to the bullpen? Where do you? He's not going back to the minors, right? That would be a no, waste I, of no, time. I, I, think, at this point. I, I see. There's a lot of Cubs. He's a major league. You know, you would you would like to see him, and and they'll they'll take a look at spring training. And my guess is he starts in the bullpen but he finishes up as a okay. starter. That's my belief. Next year? Okay. Yes. All right. We'll keep an eye on that. I think he's going to be a day one, not day one, meaning he takes the ball in the first game. I think he will be in their top five next year. We'll wait and see. Uh, let's move over to game two. Another guy that uh, got a lot of seasoning here at the end, Crowley Javier Assad taking the ball for our Northsiders. 
Javier Assad versus Luis Sesa. Uh, again, the bats just weren't there. Top of the fourth, Wilson Contreras hit what was probably his last homer as a Cub, a solo homer. They take a one nothing lead. Everything's looking good. Top of the seventh, Nico hits his tenth. Cubs are up 2 nothing. But in the bottom of the seventh, Keegan Thompson pitching. You got two out. He walks Jose Barrero of the 154 batting average, not even hitting his weight. And then the next batter, Chucky Robinson, hits his second home run of the season. And just like that, the game's tied at two. Brandon Hughes comes on in the ninth. He walks the leadoff batter. Stuart Fairchild, Spencer Steer hits a walk-off double. Eighth walk-off loss of the season. The final Reds three, Cubs two. Assad uh, had one of, I thought, a really, really good outing. 5.1 innings pitch, four hits, zero runs. And the key for him, only one walk, four Ks. So he finishes 22. Javier Assad finishes 2022 with a 311 ERA in 37.2 innings. He accomplished something no other Cubs rookie picture has ever done, ever, in the history of the franchise. It marked his fourth start with at least four innings pitch and zero runs allowed in his first eight MLB starts. Since 1906, Kerry Wood in 1998 and Larry Cheney had three such starts. Assad's the only one to do it four times. Wow, nice company with uh, Kerry Wood being in the same sentence with him, right? Uh, uh, yeah, in that 98 Rookie of the Year season. And so Keegan Thompson was charged with the blown save. Hughes takes the loss. The offense, two runs on three hits, six left on base, 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. Just not great when you think about in, in, in that yeah. game one, you know, you barely had any hits. You know, you had two hits. And in game two, you finish up with, what, three hits? So, you know, you five hits in two games ain't going to cut it. Uh, Wilson Contreras, two for three with a home run. For the Reds, Luis Sesa, five innings pitch, one hit, one run, one walk, four Ks. The offense had three runs on six hits, six left on base, 0 for three with the runners in scoring position. Chucky Robinson, two for three with that big two-run homer to tie it up. And it left you wondering, where was this Cubs offense we've seen lately? Yeah, they left it at, they left it at Wrigley Field, at least through the uh... – the first uh, two games. Crowley, I'm going to ask you the same question I just asked you about after game one. I, I felt the Cubs did Keegan Thompson absolutely no favors. It, you know, in, in the recap, you know, blow and save, doesn't have the hold. He pitched He pitched in parts of three innings. What, what's mm-hmm. that all about? You know, we were, we were talking about before and complaining maybe six weeks ago about guys going two innings that we thought, what are they doing here? But then... We had Tommy Hadovy on with Mully and Haw and talked about that's what they were looking to do. So, okay, now we knew the plan, right? That was the plan. But why in the world, you know, Keegan Thompson's not going to pitch three innings of relief ever, right? I mean, so I'm asking you kind of the same question. Where do you see Keegan Thompson fitting in the Cubs pitching next year? Uh, I believe it's going to be similar to what he was going to do this year, which was, again, piggyback starter. And I think you're going to see way more of that in the future. And, you know, they're, they're testing it out, two innings, three innings, seeing, you know, again, the, the, that start where Wade Miley went, Hayden Wisniewski's first start, and he finished it up. You're looking to yep. see a lot more of those type of situations. My only hope, and if I was to talk to Tommy Hadovy and ask him a question, and hopefully we'll have that opportunity this offseason, it would be just that, you know, with a guy like Keegan, I would like him to come in more to a clean inning. So if there's somebody on base, get a real-life reliever. If you're going to have these guys go three, four innings, get a real reliever that's going to be more of the get-a-couple-out variety and then let Get Keegan you out of the deep. trouble, get you out of the trouble and start off right. Right, 
that's what I would like to see more personally if we're going okay. that route. All and right. just Very just well. to kind of add to that, it's not just the Cubs that are doing that. They're the first, you know, this first postseason coming up, um, the Cardinals, you know, it's a three-game series. They have all five of their starters on the playoff roster. Usually when you go into these postseason things, you don't see the four or five starter. They're usually left off. You know what I mean? Not mm-hmm. the Cardinals. They're going with all five of their starters. So this is this is not going to be the, just the Cubs. You're going to see this a lot more. All right, let's move into game three, game number 162. Adrian Sampson throwing, and the Cubs looking to pin the 100th loss of the season on the Reds. I believe only the second time in franchise history if the Cubs could pull it out, and the offense came back to life. Adrian Sampson versus Graham Ashcroft, you know, it's, it's, it ended up being a blowout. It started out close, so top of the second one out. Franmil Reyes singles, wild pitch moves into second. Nico Horner walks. Reyes is caught stealing third. That is one of the – there's a couple things we're going to need to talk about, and that's going to be one of them outs on the bases. It's just – it can't happen. You can't get caught stealing at third. Um, Nico steals second. P.J. Higgins walks, so you got two on. And David Bodie home runs. The Cubs lead three to nothing. Bottom of the second, one out. Adrian Sampson walks. Jose Barrario. So I think that's everybody. Wisniski, uh uh, Asa, or no, it was Thompson and, and Samson. They're walking this guy with a 152 batting average. Austin Romine singles, Barrero to third. Uh, Alejo Lopez called out on strike. Pass ball by P.J. Higgins. He thought it was in his glove. It wasn't. Uh, Barrero scores, and the Reds trail 3-1. to one. Bottom of the third with two outs. Stuart Fairchild triples the center. It was a tough play, but one that Morell should have made, and that's another conversation about things that need to improve next year is the Cubs' center field defense was just abysmal this season. Um, Spencer Steer singles, Fairchild scores. The Cubs' leads cut to 3-2. Unfortunately, in the third, Adrian Sampson was removed with right groin tightness. And we, you know, we, we call him our adopted pitcher here, and he had such a great season. It was a bummer. He did not want to leave the game, but it was the right move to pull him out. No reason to risk anything for next year in game 162 of a meaningless game. Yeah, speaking of that, so let's go back to what you mentioned. I mean, do you think Reyes was stealing third on the advice of David Ross, or do you think that Framio Reyes was just trying to have a little bit of fun? I don't know. No, I think that, you know, I, I, I don't know. You know, the offense, obviously, we talked about five hits in two games. They were struggling. Maybe they're trying to manufacture runs. I, I can't say for sure who it was. I'd love someone to answer that. But, it, it you know, it wasn't just Fran Meal. It wasn't just that instance. It was constantly. I don't know who, what, when, whose responsibility. Obviously, everything falls on the manager, but it, it, it can't happen like that this year. You cannot run into outs. I don't care if your offense is struggling and you're trying to manufacture. You can't do that at, at, at the rate that the Cubs did. 29th worst team in baseball when it comes to base running. Right. Big picture, of course. I just think in that one little particular incident, I think Reyes was probably like, hey, you guys want to take a base? Go ahead and try it out. Eh, we'll see. We'll see. But, you know, good thing it didn't matter in this game because in the top of the six, one run game, mind you, the Cubs offense awakens from its somber. Uh, with the bases loaded and one out, P.J. Higgins walks and makes it 4-2 Cubs. The bases are still loaded. Bodie doubles. How's that for a day? Five RBIs. That makes it 6-2. to two. And then Zach McKinstry with his biggest homer as a Cub. Three-run homer. They now lead 9-2. to two. The Cubs sent nine batters to the plate. Top of the seventh. Uh, Wisdom will double. Velasquez strikes out. Franmil Reyes singles to make it 10-2 Cubs. 
Horner singles, PJ Higgins doubles, making it 12 to Bodie walks, Morell singles, 13 to two. Uh, McKinstry grounds into a force out. Revis walks and wisdom flies out, but the Cubs bat around. And then in the top of the eighth, Nelson Velasquez walks, Franmil Reyes homers. The Cubs take a 15 to two lead, and that is the final game of the season. Adrian Sampson, 2.2 innings pitch, four hits, two runs, one earned, one walk, three Ks. But he had recorded five straight quality starts in his last seven starts since August 28th, posted a 160 ERA, seven earned runs and 39.1 innings pitch. The second lowest ERA in that span behind former Cub Jose Quintana. So, I mean. Who, who is Sam- starting, who is starting, by the way, game one in the National <laughs> League wildcard round. I mean, I cannot believe that. No, you, you couldn't. Yeah, I, I'm just stunned. But Samson had made five straight starts of at least six innings, allowing one or no runs. The longest stretch by a Cubs since you Darvish did it. Seven oh, times. by the way, you Darvish, another ex-Cubs starting in game <laughs> one of the postseason in the National League. And I think, aren't the Padres playing the Cardinals? Yeah, I believe so. But that's yeah. not why we're here. I know, that's not why we're here. That's another subject. But, uh, yeah, okay. But I take a look at it right now. The offense had 15 runs on 13 hits, six left on base, six for 11 with runners in scoring position. McKinstry, two for six with three RBIs. Reyes, three for five with three RBIs. Higgin, one for three with three RBIs. David Bodie, two for four with five RBIs. For the Reds, Graham Ashcroft won 5.1 innings pitch, four hits, seven runs, five walks, four Ks. The offense had two runs on seven hits. Jake Fraley went two for five. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Season 1, Episode 39 of the Fly the W670 Podcast. We just told you about the Reds finishing up the year on a winning note, pounding out 15 runs against the Reds and handing them their 100th loss of the season. Crowley and I want to now take you through the year 2022. We're going to start off with a little off-season news, and we're going to take you up until the All-Star break during this segment. You know, Dustin. Again, the off season last year sucked. No, no Cubs con, <laughs> no Cubs con. Lockout, just absolutely no baseball talk, and 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 it really was a tale of two seasons. You have the first half and the second half. The first half really was miserable. The second half was a lot more fun, and it really kind of made uh, watching Cubs baseball. Like I said, if if you just would watch the second half, you would have had a great time. Um, the offseason really starts in November 7th when the clubs the Cubs claimed Wade Miley off of waivers from the Reds. They signed Jan Gomes to a two-year deal on November 30th. 
Clint Frazier on the same day to a one-year deal. December 1st, right before the lockout, they signed Marcus Stroman, three years, $71 million deal. And that was the first of a move that, 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 that really is the beginning of the Cubs starting to open the pocketbook again. Um, now you have nothing from December 1st until the lockout ends. March 13th, the Cubs signed Jesse Chavez, who pitched for them in 2018. March 15th, they signed Angelton Simmons. March 16th, they signed David Robertson. And March 17th, Chris Martin. All of these were to one-year deals. But the big one is March 18th, Seiya Suzuki gets a five-year, $70 million. And, and, and you know, let's remember it was you, Darvish, who sold Seiya on Chicago. And, again, another big free agent splash for the Cubs after not having any free agent splashes for a couple of years in 19 or 20. And so that was exciting. And then March 19th, they signed Jonathan VR, Daniel Norris, and Drew Smiley to one-year deals. So was it the greatest offseason? No, I would give it like a C, you know, C-plus maybe. But I think in general, you know, some of those deals, obviously, like Wade Miley didn't pan out. Uh, Drew Smiley ended up doing good, but it wasn't, again, until the second half that you really saw, saw that. But a lot of these one-year deals ended up really coming out to help the Cubs, like David Robertson and Chris Martin. So... You know, right. kind of and a the key and the two big there. ones, right? The two big ones, and it's still too early to tell exactly. Is, is Seiya Suzuki and obviously Marcus Stroman too early to tell? You know, when we're doing this podcast at this time next year, we'll have a much better answer to how the 2022 two big deals were going at that point. I just feel that for whatever reason, and I can't explain it. I mean, for Seiya, you can understand more than Marcus, but. It always seems like players struggle their first year of free agency. You take a look at John Lester in 2015. He kind of didn't get started really till the second half, if you recall. Mm -hmm. And it was a struggle. And and I think Marcus Stroman's going to be a much better pitcher next year. And I think that Seiya Suzuki, I'm, I'm looking for market improvement from him. Yep, absolutely. All right, that takes us into uh, opening day, Crowley, against the Brew Crew. Hey, I love an opening day win. We don't usually get a lot of them. And that was a five to four. You remember, they took the series from Milwaukee mm-hmm. and against right. Corbin Burns and all these guys. But the Cubs finished the first month of baseball, eight and 13. Um, really wasn't that great. You know, you just, if, if there was a frustrating month, because if you looked at the schedule, you knew that May was going to be, May and June were going to be really, really tough. And you figured, okay, maybe you can sit there and, and, and try to make some hay in the, at the beginning of the season you knew that you had uh, when you were looking at the calendar. There was guys like uh, there was teams like Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay, you know, coming in, and you're thinking to yourself, "Yeah, we can maybe do some damage here." And then when we get to the tougher months, then it's not going to look as bad. But that that's not how it played out. They just unfortunately didn't really do much in April, and that was kind of a, a, a annoying month, I would say. It's probably to me one of the most annoying months out of all of them. Yeah, and it could only get better, Crowley, as they turn the page into May, right? Well, you you would think that that would be the case, but not so much. You know, this was roughly about the same. They finished 12th and 16th. May 8th and 9th, uh, Dave, Marcus Stroman and David Robertson were placed on the COVID IL. That brought up a classic moment where Frank Schwindel was optioned to Iowa. Something happened to his tire. He never makes it down, and he ends up <laughs> flying coach to meet the team in San Diego, helping the Cubs win two of three. Uh, on May one of, 10th, the be- Wade- one, of the, one of the better stories when we look back on it, right? That was, that was a fun story. Right. It's one of those things, especially Dustin for you guys on the morning show talk radio. It's just, it's just, you know, it was a friend of mine actually who was there watching him 
uh, on the whatchamacallit in this in a in a coach seat. You know, he's just like he was going to the game and he's sitting there telling me, Hey, uh, Frank Schwindel's on the plane, you know. Frank he's that takes in the middle seat. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, hilarious. So that was that was something. And then you 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 take a look at what ends up happening is that on uh, May 10th, Wade Miley makes his Cubs debut after starting the season on the IL. And it was the, you know, the first of many of these trips on and off the IL for Wade Miley never really happens. May 11th is a bizarre one. Nico Horner is injured, colliding with an umpire, and he's put on the IL on May 15th. On May 17th, the Cubs call up two players that are going to play a big part in the 2022 season. Christopher Morrell is called up from Tennessee and Brandon Hughes is called up from Iowa. Morell would hit a home run in his first at bat, a classic one with Wilson Contreras uh, reminding him to breathe and everyone going crazy when he hit that and he forgets to tag first base. And he would go on to have a 22-game on-base streak to start his career. Um, that, that was just phenomenal. Um, according to the, uh, you know, and then Hughes on his first debut struck out five of six batters he was credited with facing becoming just the first, the fourth cub reliever since 1901 to have at least five strikeouts in an MLB debut. So, you know, obviously Morrell would play a lot in center, second, short, wherever they would need him. And Brandon Hughes was a lot of times, David Ross came more and more to trust him coming in the eighth and ninth inning with Brandon Hughes. That was a, you know, they told him in South Bend, you're not going to make it as an outfielder here. We just got too much outfield talent coming up would you ever give pitching a try? And sure enough, you know, that's what he does. And he has transformed himself into a really solid pitcher. Yeah. It's been a really good story. The story of Brandon Hughes and Christopher Morell has been a fantastic story. I remember being really ticked off when Nico got hit with that umpire. I, I totally blame the umpire for that. And he went on the IL, but Hey, if that doesn't happen, we may not know the story of Christopher Morell right now. And, 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 you know, he's just such a fun kid. I really hope that, you know, the fact that he plays so many positions so well, you know, it helps him, but, but there's, there's going to be a lot of roster shuffling that we're going to have to take a look at and wonder who's going to stay and who's not. Absolutely right. May 20th was an exciting day. Fergie Jenkins is finally honored with his statue. And for the first time ever, we get to see how statue row looks with all the Cubs player statues now in Gallagher way. So no longer on Addison and Sheffield, no longer is Ernie on Addison and Clark. The only one left is, is Harry on Waveland and Sheffield, uh, uh, greeting fans to the bleachers. But I was there that day when Fergie got his statue revealed and it was just such a truly emotional moment. Um, you know, the Cubs did a wonderful job with the ceremony and, you know, the elder statesman now, Billy Williams really gave a wonderful speech and, and, you know, Fergie was there with his family, with a lot of people from his hometown of Chatham, Ontario, and uh, threw out the first pitch. And and there was just, it was a beautiful day, and I, I'll never forget her, Fergie walking down g- towards Gallagher Way in his ten gallon hat and his uh, nice blue suit. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah, Fergie's class act. I'm glad he's been honored the way he has. Matt thir- May 30th, we may have forgotten about this guy. Matt Swarmer debuts, goes six innings against the Brewers. He gave up four runs, but for a while, Matt Swarmer was a guy that looked interesting, and uh, hopefully, you know, he can do some more for the Cubs uh, next year. You'll just obviously start probably at AAA. Um, unfortunately, uh, Seiya Suzuki on the same day is put on the IL with a finger injury sliding into second. May 31st, Nick Madrigal makes his Cubs debut long-awaited. Yeah, and uh, 
The Seiya Suzuki, uh, I got a blister on my finger with something that we talk quite a bit about on the Mully and Haw show. He was out for far, far too long for me. Yeah, you know, it was a dis. I think it was a. Uh, I don't know if it was dislocated or not, but it just obviously some issues. And uh, I don't know. You know, he was trying to get back maybe a little too early, but you know, it it, it was about a month, a little over a month, and uh, it was a while that he was out. So. You know, it, it, that now takes us to June, which is... Oof, oof. It, this it, was, for me, Crowley, this was the worst <laughs> month. This was the worst of them um, by far. We, we we had some struggles here. They finished with a 10-17 and 17 record. There was a season-high 10-game losing streak uh, with brutal series losses to St. Louis, New York, a four-game sweep by the Padres, and they lost... Three of four to Pittsburgh. That's where they almost lost me. That's when they almost lost me. That one game then. saved us from losing mm-hmm. Dustin. <laughs> yeah, they didn't get swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. But there was a glimmer of hope during June. Uh, Caleb Killian, acquired in the Chris Bryant trade, made his debut uh, in the second half of a doubleheader on the Cardinals. I was at that game. It was absolutely electric. He went five up, five innings, gave up three runs on three hits, but his stuff looked fantastic. He's not going to stick around long. There was definitely some work that still needs to be done. But, you know, I hope, you know, with a lot of these guys that I'm able to say I was there when Caleb Killian made his debut. In the words of Les Grobstein, I was there. I was there. Rest in peace, Les. Uh, June 9th, the Cubs narrowly avoid arbitration with Wilson Contreras. He signs a contract. But obviously the contract situation hung over Wilson and the Cubs all season long. You know, the always being brought up, whether it was, you know, waiting to get his contract done, uh, arbitration to the trade deadline to the end of the year, the season where people are just asking him questions nonstop. And we were constantly going through this. So not a lot of fun. June 10th, Wade Miley is reinstated from the I.L. June 11th, he goes back on the <laughs> I.L. There's a nice little result revolving door. He pitched a couple innings against the Yankees and that just killed the bullpen. He wasn't able to go. And then Marcus Stroman would also join him on the 11th on the IL. June 10th also saw Clint Frazier DFA'd before the Yankees series. He would accept an assignment with Iowa, but he would not be called back up to the big league team again. He was someone we thought, uh, you know, maybe deserved, you know, a, a closer look at the time. But, you know, he ended up having an appendix issue. Uh, he wasn't very happy at all with how the Cubs handled his uh, DFAing with New York. He was really looking forward to that series, and it never seemed like he really kind of got back on track after that. No, he never, absolutely never got back on track. No, and so June 24th, David Bodie was reinstated from the 60-day IL. He had uh, injured himself the previous season, so it was a while before David Bodie. June 25th, Adrian Sampson makes his start going five innings and giving up two runs versus the Cardinals. And it just led to a series of starts for Adrian where we always talked about, he didn't get the win, but he always kept the Cubs in the game. Oh, absolutely. Always keeping, always keeping the Cubs around. Um, That was just, gosh, Crowley June was just so horrifically bad overall. Just, Oh, that one just really was a gut punch kick to the lower regions. If you know what I mean, June just sucked for the Cubs. No, it, it, it was bad. And, and so we, we look at it now and, and, and it, it wasn't fun there, you know, and, and then you get into July and the Cubs went 11 and 14 in July. So not as bad as June, but you're still sitting there, you know, you have a nine game losing streak. 
which was the second longest of the season, followed by a six-game winning streak in the middle of July. July 1st, Seiya Suzuki returns from the IOL, as does Marcus Stroman on July 9th. But on July 7th, Kyle Hendricks, who just was never right throughout the entire season, he's put on the IL for the remainder of the season. And he's going to be a guy that we're really going to want to keep the radar up on, Kyle Hendricks, exactly how he is progressing, how he's improving, and what in the world will he look like? And will he be a Cub? Is he a guy, Crowley? Because he is very affordable. And because they had as much success as they had grooming some young pitchers in the second half of 2022, could Kyle Hendricks have thrown his last ball as a Cub? That, that's something that we definitely need to keep an eye on and consider. Well, Dustin, you know, hopefully, like he is, he, it looks like he is, unless something happens beyond belief with Wilson Contreras, he is the last of the Mohicans, as we like to say. Um, and so, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, but I would say that, you know, it, you, do you want some sort of bridge or are some of these young guys that we've talked about, whether it's Keegan, whether it's Hayden, whether it's Caleb Killian? Uh, do one of these guys push Stroman out? I don't know. And yeah. that's where, that's where when you were asking me earlier and we were discussing, um, we were discussing about where we see, you know, Hayden Wisniewski and where we see uh, Keegan Thompson, those type of guys. That's what I was kind of saying, you know, you can limit their innings by kind of having them go maybe two, maybe three innings, you know, twice a week, maybe. Right. And then all of a sudden you get to the all-star break and you're, you get to that trade deadline and you wonder, is there a contending team? that could use a Kyle Hendricks or if they re-sign Drew Smiley, is there a contending team that would, would be interested? And then you trade those two guys and then you have your, your, your pieces to step in. You're listening to the fly, the W six seventy podcast. This is season one, episode 39, as we are putting a wrap on the 2022 season. Hey Crowley, uh, in a live moment here, I want to ask you what you, what you want to do. We're going to peel the curtain back for our listeners. Um, we could either recap the second half of the year, or we could save that for the next podcast that we drop because before we get out of here, I'd like to know, and I think the listeners would like to know our thoughts as the postseason is about to start on Friday afternoon. I think we need to talk postseason baseball. There's plenty of time to dissect the second half. All right, let's do the second half next week. Before we get out of here in episode number 39, let's talk about, first of all, I want your opinion, and you can explain it to everybody, on the new wild card format that we have. So that's going to start on Friday. All four games happening on Friday and on Saturday. And then we'll talk about how the rest of it works. And there's also quite a bit of connections if you're a Cubs fan in this one. And I'm wondering um, not only who you think will win, but are you cheering against certain teams because of Cubs connections or cheering for certain teams because of Cubs connections? Well, you know, it's 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 the new playoff picture. The way that it works is that they've added a wild card team to each round, and rather than one wild card each league, and rather than one wild card game, it's a three game series. There is no travel, so the higher seed, all three games are played in the home stadium to avoid all the travel and off days. It's going to be interesting because one of these, I think, you know, one of these teams, the the teams with the best. Um, the best records all got buys. So the buys on the AL side go to Houston and New York. And the, t the top two teams in the National League were the Dodgers and the Braves. 
And so they get a buy. So what's going to be interesting is let's say you have a team that stretches three game series. Let's go say it goes Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Uh, or, you know, yeah, all York. three games. If you need a, th- if you need all three games, they are happening Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It is back to back to back all at the higher seated teams, home stadium. Absolutely no travel. Right. And so the question that you have to ask yourself is for the teams that get the buy, you may have a what a week off, right? Well, they I think they all start again on Tuesday, Crowley, if I understand it right. Right. I think so the, all so, there'll be four more games on Tuesday no matter what. Right. And so t- yesterday was the end of the game 162, right? Right. And a lot of guys took that day off, right? Right. So you got mm-hmm. from from Wednesday until potentially next Tuesday if you're the Yankees, Houston Braves and Dodgers. Right, absolutely. So you wonder if they'll do sim games. You wonder if they get the teams together at the home field because they will have home field advantage. So I don't think it makes much sense to not work out at your home stadiums. But I guess if you're in the East Coast or colder northern cities, you have to worry about uh, weather, right? The two New York teams. Right. And and the thing that I kind of think about a lot, too, is like, you know, the Cubs had their big league camp the other day, you know. Mm-hmm. I wonder if in the future, say like a team like, that, let's say you get a buy, right? Like New York, they could call up whoever they want, you know, any of their prospects, bring them to Yankee Stadium and kind of just, you know, get ready. You know, I, I, I would be very curious as to see how they want to do this. All right, before we get into who you like and who you don't like and who you're cheering for, Crowley, I want to, what is your opinion on this setup overall? Do you like this or did you like it better when it was the one game after you played 162, one game, winner takes all and moves on to the next round? I know I'm probably in the minority in this. I like the one game winner plays all mentality. Um, I like rewarding. You still get rewarded, but there, I think that it really penalized the wild card teams. So that made winning the division all the more important. Um, and so you don't like take, take the Mets sliding. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not, you know, they're not in a do or die, you know, elimination game. They have three, you know, two, three, two shots at this to try to get one big, to, Try to you get three shots to try to get two victories, so I, I I think it makes the regular season a little less. It's a little diminished in my opinion. I don't like this idea of having to wait. I know I'd be pissed if my team gets eliminated, and and they were just sitting around for a week while say two teams are slugging it out. All right, I, now see, I kind of like I, I like both. I, I know you can't have your cake and ice cream. You gotta you gotta kind of pick one, but I think if I'm understanding you right, I think it would really suck for the Mets to win 101 games or 102 games, whatever it was for them, then play in a one-game wild card and go home? That would suck. Then, that win, would, your, then win your division, and it's not a problem. I, they did everything they could to win their division, except get swept by the Cubs. I don't know, they got the Cubs. swept by the Cubs. <laughs> right, except get swept by the Cubs, right, exactly. And this is this is the Cubs podcast, for heaven's sakes. Um, I, let's I put it this not. way. we haven't seen We haven't seen how this is going to play out. Now, I do like the idea of no travel, and I like the idea of one, two, three. No days off, no travel. You know, this is a, if you are a baseball lover, and I know you love baseball, Crowley, more than just about anybody I know. I mean, I can't imagine how many, I, I don't know what you drink to stay awake, but I'm guessing you're going to have a lot of it over the next couple of days. Because I am hoping that we get to a game three in a couple of these series, because then it becomes what you said you liked and I also liked, which now it is a one-game elimination. So I hope there is a lot of game threes, if you will, on Sunday, and it is do or die. Right, and and the other thing I would say is that if you want to keep this format, 
then do me a favor and chop a couple of weeks off in April. Start the season April 15th. Right. Okay. I agree with you, but we know that's not going to happen. Right. If you right? chop, or, or even if even if let's say you chop 15 games, for, and, and then and then start the postseason mid September, I just I, I worry about like I mean pretty soon we're going to start we're going to be we're going to be playing in December and having snowball fights. Right. All right, Crowley. Let Let's talk about what's going to happen Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. You want to start American League? You want to start National League? Let's start American League. All right. I, I'll go first because I got to be honest with you. I almost have zero interest in the American League wild card. I don't think any of those teams can advance beyond that, and I don't find the matchups intriguing at all. I'm a little bit curious about the Mariners, a team that I will be honest, I don't know that I've seen anything except what I've seen on SportsCenter or MLB Network. I don't. I haven't seen a Mariners game. I haven't seen a full inning of Mariners baseball. I know nothing about them. I just know, hey, congratulations! After what, 21 years, Crowley? Their their rebuild has finally worked, and they've made it to the wild card round. Was that no Sweet M's? Lou, Sweet Lou Pinella? Right. So the American League doesn't do anything for me. So I'm going to cut it right there. I, I don't know. If, I'm sure you're interested because you are a baseball lover, but it's not very sexy and it's not very attractive. Don't sleep on Cleveland. I, that's all I'm going to say is don't sleep on Cleveland. I, and, and Tampa Bay always kind of puts forth a good effort. But and, and, and we've seen plenty of Cleveland, you know, here against the White Sox. Um, but but they play that that pitching and defense that kind of sometimes comes through. Now if you if you get some hero that you know, every, you know every sometimes you get like a Scott Eckstein or some guy that just out of nowhere just kind of has a run. If Cleveland can pick something like that, I think it would be interesting. And uh, I think Seattle and Toronto, if you're looking for a game three, I think that's where you may get that. I think that that's going to be a good matchup as well. So who, just real quick, since you're into it, who do you see advancing out of those two series? So Cleveland, obviously, and? Seattle. Okay, Cleveland and Seattle. So they move on. They will then move on to the rest of the American League. They'll take on the Astros or the Yankees. We don't have to go that far yet. We, we don't need to get there yet. We will We will ask you about a World Series prediction mm-hmm. just to get it on the record in case it's one of the wild card teams that you're thinking. Now, in the National League, Crowley, unbelievable star power, unbelievable connections to our Cubs. We have the uh, Mets taking on the Padres. Is that right? Do I have those matchups right? Mets and Padres, correct. Mets and Padres. And then we've got the Phillies down in St. Louis taking on the Cardinals. There is Cubs connections all over the place, and I can't wait to watch as many of those games as I can. Yeah, our friend, uh, you know, David Robertson played a little bit this season. He's on the Phillies, obviously. Kyle Schwarber and Nick Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber. So can Kyle continue being, you know, Mr. October 2.0? We'll see. As far as the Cardinals, obviously, Jose Quintana with the Renaissance season this year. You got uh, you Darvish in San Diego. And then who? And then the Mets have Michael Given. I don't know if he made the roster or something. I'm trying to think who else might be on the Mets. Oh, a Mets, a Mets Cubs connection, right? But just the fact that the Mets have always, Mets and Cubs have always been at each other over the years. So it's just a team. But this now, now it gets into my second level of the. Now we both agree that these are going to be really fun to watch. Okay, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, Crowley, there is no way I can cheer or root for the St. Louis Cardinals to advance. Okay, and and I want it to be painful. I want them to get their asses swept down in St. Louis. That that's what I want. As far as that one goes, on the other side, okay, the other side of this, Padres, Mets. Now, if you're 
if you want the spoiler idea, Crowley, you mentioned just go ahead and win your damn division and don't get put in this situation, then I guess you're going Padres. But the Padres are kind of a little bit hard to cheer for. I don't know if Cub fans are supposed to cheer for Mets ever. So this is, you know, where are you at? I, I know there's a who do you think's going to win, but who do you want to win? Those might be two separate questions, Crowley. I would I would easily go with the Phillies and the Padres, but okay, I, me too. Me, we're we're in unison there. We are going we are going Phillies and we are going Padres. I don't care if they win the two games and sweep the teams, or if it goes to a third game to really make it extra painful. Just make sure it's the Phillies, and let's make sure it's the Padres that are advancing in the National League to then take on the Dodgers or take on the Braves? Well, it, it's hard. I mean, St. Louis has the pitching and the defense. And the Phillies' defense is atrocious. Uh, it, it's, you know, you're just facing so many good pitchers in the postseason. It's going to be hard for me to see the Phillies advancing, although I will be cheering and I will have uh, Fred Bird voodoo dolls and all sorts of things going on. Um, but I would say that, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to see St. Louis losing to the Phillies. All right, we'll let you adjust your picks later, but let's uh, let's fast forward to four weeks from right now. Who is playing for the World Series? Who is your AL and NL pennant winners, Crowley? I think it's going to be a rematch of Houston and the Dodgers would be the way that, that really I just I, I'm trying to find anybody that would possibly beat either of those two teams, and I just don't see it. That is probably the smartest way to go. I am going to use my heart, I guess, or what I want to watch on television, I am going to, um, I want it to be Yankees. And even though I said I can't root for the Mets, but for my own viewing pleasure and because I work in sports talk radio, I want it to be Yankees Mets Crowley. That's you- what I am. That's what I am hoping. I am hoping for Yankees Mets. And then I pick the Yankees, even though I said that I want the Padres to go ahead and take care of the Mets business, like for, professionally and what would be good for the game. It would also be good for the game. And what would be great television is Yankees Mets in the world series. Another matchup, if you will, or a repeat. Well, that's the sub the, the review of the subway series Piazza mm-hmm. versus Clemens, all of that stuff. I, call me a dreamer. I would love to see Cleveland versus San Diego in the world series. And you gotta be a you gotta be a baseball lover for that one, Crowley. I, I don't know. I, I you you and your people would love that. I, I don't think that does much box office at all. And if you think about it, San Diego beat the Cubs in '84 and broke my eight-year-old heart. Cleveland took five years off of my life with that uh, home run off Araldis Chapman. How fun! You know, and and again, Cleveland has the longest streak without a World Series. Crowley, so. they still run Game 7 on the Marquee Sports Network every once in a while. We play it back on 670 The Score, and I act like I don't know what happened. I am sweating and getting nervous and pacing. Act like I don't know what happened, even though it happened so long ago. All right, Crowley, hold it right there, because that's a wrap. Season 1, Episode 39, it's in the books. When we get back with you guys early next week, we will have a review of all the wild card action. We'll see if Crowley and I were right. We'll see if the teams that go against the Cubs have fallen and are spending their time on the golf courses or in the Caribbean, wherever they want to vacation for a couple of weeks. And we will also recap from the all-star game to game 162 of the Cubs 2022 season. So that is a wrap. And if you are interested in following along to our postseason thoughts, please follow our socials. Uh, fly the W670 on Instagram and Twitter. Fly the W on Facebook. And email us at fly the W. 
Uh, you can email us at flythew670 at gmail.com. Go Phillies. Yes, go Phillies. Go Kyle Schwarber.